would like to stand and get ready to worship with me, that'd be great. <laughs> Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we come into your house with thanksgiving, Lord. We are so thankful for all that you have done for us, all that you will do, and who you are. And we thank you, Lord, for how you, you love us and the way that you have demonstrated your, your love for us. Lord, we thank you that um, though people celebrated you one week, you were willing and laid your life down to die for them the next week in, uh, in the midst of betrayal. And uh, you did this, Lord. You reconciled us to yourself while we were yet sinners. And, Lord, we just are so thankful for you, Jesus. We want to bless you today. We want to worship you. And, um, Lord, we just want to receive what you have for us today. So even now we're opening our hearts and we are preparing our spirit to receive the word of God so that we will leave better than we came. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Why don't you guys sing in Jesus' name with us? Love that. So thankful for, uh, for Stephanie and Audrey today. Um, we've got a lot of absences today, so you guys help us out by clapping because we need some percussion, right? <laughs> Krista and I need some percussion. Hallelujah.
love that prophetic voice in that song. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. I have some friends that have turned me on some, to some new, new preachers, and when I'm alone at work, I just listen to edifying, you know, sermons, and uh, if it's quiet in the office. And, and, and this one guy, he said, you know, we command the things of this world, but we, we don't command our Father, of course. But we, um, Jesus commanded a fever. And he said, the fevers have ears. And I said, that, that's really profound that we can tell those things to go in Jesus' name because he said it. So, and we're supposed to be like him, right? We're supposed to say what he says and do what he did. So, praise the Lord. We got to prophesy. Let's sing Set Me on Fire.
praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I just feel a real push in my spirit today. Hallelujah, Lord. A push towards him. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Towards his heart. Towards his throne. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. I search the world.
Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We're just living testimonies of what he has done. Thank you, Lord. And we have faith that you will do more and greater things, Lord Jesus. Greater things are still to come. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus, for our families. Hallelujah for our addicts in our families. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for breaking bondage off of people. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I have a praise report. This week, my parents got to have dinner with uh, their grandson, my nephew, and he's been in rehab several times, and he is clean. Glory to God. He's clean. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. His life has been preserved, and he knows who did it. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, we have so much to glorify you about. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Woo, you are the God of breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because nothing can stand before you. We love you, Jesus, Jesus. We really came to worship you, Lord.
encourage you to believe largely to believe big today hallelujah he said his earth is filled with the glory his earth is filled with the glory that is certainly bigger than our little things glory to God
ask you a question how many have noticed as you go along through the week that stuff attaches itself to you does that make any sense and, and as you go along it, it's kind of like have you ever walked through some of the sh the brush in Florida and you come out with all these stick tights and 
burrs and stuff on you. But but what happens is that it's not just the little stick tights, but life actually attaches weightiness to you and you get cumbered down and weighted down and and just bogged down. You ever feel like that sometimes? How many how many of you kind of feel like that today? It's 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 either sickness or uh, it's just issues of life that just attach themselves to you and pretty soon you find yourself just carrying so much baggage and it's just hard to carry all that baggage you know and the scripture says this Jesus said Jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light and here we are carrying around stuff that's heavy we're, we're actually carrying the wrong burden if it's not light and it's not easy it's not his you see but the enemy of our souls has a way of just a tr he attaches himself to us and we get just loaded down with cares and burdens yeah cares and burdens how many of you really just need to sense some lifting and some freedom today do you if you if you if you just need a if you need to wait to be lifted i'm going to ask you to come up and just stand with me now I don't it could come in the form of, of sickness or bad news it's attached itself to you it it could come in the form of just fatigue it could come in the form of the cares of life it could come in the form of attachment of financial things that you didn't expect and it's just pulling you down I I don't know what kind of a form or shape it is but if if you've been just carrying around extra weight today I want you to come up today because we're gonna ask for the Lord we're going to just ask him to in fact I'm gonna ask you to do something in your mind today a kind of a mental exercise to to illustrate what we're doing and I want you to, whatever it is that you're carrying today, I want you to come bring it up to the front. And then I want you to, in your mind, I want you to just take that all off of you and, and set it down on the floor in front of you. And then when you go back to your seat, I want you to leave it here. Don't take it, don't take it back with you. you understand what I'm saying? And I'm going to just, I'm going to ask the Lord to set you free today in Jesus' name. Some of you got, have gotten bad news. Some of you just been fatigued. Some of you been just carrying around stuff that you don't need to be carrying. You weren't designed to carry this. You weren't designed to do that. And the devil, the, the enemy, is great at trying to get you to do what you weren't designed to do. Jesus said this, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He's got the tinsel strength. He's got the weight-bearing capacity to carry your burdens. When you get in the yoke with him, he actually does all the heavy lifting. <laughs> and, then, and then when you come to the end of the carrying the load, he gives you the reward and congratulates you. Say, hey, you did a great job. You ever have, how many of you got grandkids? And how many like to, to help them? participate in a project with you and so you'll ask them to help you carry something real heavy and you're literally carrying it but they're just kind of reaching out their hand and holding on to it do you know what that's how it ought to be with the Lord we ought to let he, he just wants you to participate with him but he's not expecting you to do too much he's actually it's a little hard for him because 
it's easier to carry something like this, but it's harder to carry it like that, right? But he, he extends it out and does extra work just so that you can feel like you participated. But, but he's happy about that. So right now, I'm just going to walk down here, and I'm not going to pray anything fancy. I'm just going to lay my hand upon you. And as I do that, I want you to just drop all of that stuff. Just drop it on the floor. Amen? And we're going we're gonna to anticipate, anticipate the lifting and the lightness that comes when the burden comes off. Amen? Father, right now, in Jesus' name, as I walk through this room and I just lay my hands upon each one of these people, and I'm not even going to take a lot of time to spend with them because that's not important because you're the one who's actually doing the work. I'm not. I'm just a, I'm just a servant. And as I lay my hands on these folks, I pray that the burdens will just begin to fall off of them right now onto the floor. <laughs> just in our imaginations, we just let them go. We're not going to carry them anymore. We're going we're gonna to physically, mentally, and tangibly let them go. Drop them right where we are in the name of Jesus. I pray for freedom and liberty to spread through this room today. I pray, Lord Jesus, for a divine, supernatural, overwhelming sense of liberty and freedom and lightness to just pass through this room today in Jesus' name. The burdens go. you got to let them go. In your mind, I want you to just let them go. Let them go. Drop them to the floor in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the liberty and freedom that's going through this room today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that burdens are lifting right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the joy that's coming back. Thank you for the restoration of strength and, and, and hope and ambition and, uh, and desire to do things again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you're breaking off chains. And, and Lord, I thank you that you're breaking off chains that are generational and breaking off chains from those who we love and, and children and relatives that are, are carrying around stuff. Satan has attached his stalactites and his stalagmites to each one. Lord, I just pray for a breaking right now, a liberty and a freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive that right now. Just receive that in Jesus' name. Let the glory flow. Let his presence overwhelm you. Just let the showers of blessing rain down upon you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that burdens are, lift, are lifting off of us right now. Hallelujah. There's sicknesses that are being laid down on the ground here. Financial things, weights that cumber us, mental anxiety, stress, all these things that the enemy has attached to us as we walk through life we've just picked up all this junk not willingly but he's attached it to us because he's foul and he's a dirty fighter and lord we were we're just going to let that go we're going to take let the washing of the water of the word just wash us clean in jesus name i thank you lord i thank you lord. i thank you i thank you lord would you just begin to thank him Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I might not even feel it yet. I might not even feel it.
feel the manifestation of this lifting, but by faith, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to give you thanks, even though I might not really feel like thanking you. I'm going to thank you and praise you by faith, because everything I do is by faith, by faith, by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Now just breathe in his life. Feel that freedom. Feel that freedom right now. Feel that release. Can you feel that? I want you to I want you to reach out for that freedom right now. See, some of this stuff, a lot of times the biggest battle we have is between our ears. And we have to we have to let it go inside our minds before it really drops off of us. A lot of the a lot of the stuff is in our, our minds. So just receive that renewing of your mind. You see, it's the renewing of your mind. You put on the helmet of salvation. Lord, I pray for freedom in our minds right now. And may it then become manifest in our physical, tangible world that we walk in. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give. Take it everywhere you go. Sing it with me. Precious name, oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh, how sweet. Hope of earth. And joy of Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your liberty. Thank you for your freedom. Yes? Absolutely. All right. Let's gather around Cheryl on behalf of Randy. His daddy is ill. Tennessee. Father, I pray right now for Randy's safety. I pray for Randy's dad. I pray, Lord Jesus, at this time where they're facing some crucial decisions in life that you, huh, that your anointing will be upon Randy and upon his daddy. And I pray for not only healing, but a divine a place of restoration in relationships. That their, their relationship gets resolved and things that the past that were left undone will be mended in Jesus name oh hallelujah may this be an amazing time of restoration in the name of Jesus hallelujah 
while we're here and, st and Liz is standing, Liz's daddy's having some issues too that we're going to go up and see him this week. And I pray, I ask you just to lay your hands on Liz too because their family is gathering together because of his, her dad's illness. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for yeah, divine, divine unction and healing for for Liz's dad. I pray, Lord, as the siblings gather together, it'll be a great time of reunion and refreshing and renewal and and that Ernie will be able to experience the joy of his children being together and a healing touch in his body. Hallelujah. 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 I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you, Lord. And I want you to get around Carol, too. She's standing right behind Liz. It's very convenient today how this is working. I just pray for Carol and for her mama and her daddy. Her mama's got an issue with her shoulder. and Carol needs a divine touch, and they just need strength. Where's James? James, can you afford to come here? I want James to get over here with Carol and the, and the kids, too. And let's just pray over them. Hallelujah. You know, you know, you might not think that you have much unction, but God knows how to use you. And I want you to just speak. Lord, I pray for a supernatural peace and healing and restoration and wholeness and hope. Hallelujah. And faith to spring up on James and Carol. Don't forget Jim back there. Some of you just have to reach in back of you, and he's right there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you know the need. Sometimes we want to pontificate, but actually we just need to surrender and let you do the work. And so we praise you, Lord. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Is there anybody else that just needs a special touch today? Yeah? Let's gather over here, Gene. What's your name? What's your name, fellas? Evans. This is Brother Evans over here. Let's just gather on him. I don't know what his need is, but you know Jesus knows it. And if I know too much, then I'll start to feel sorry for him. But I want compassion. I want to see deliverance and set free. So let's. Did I say it right? It's Evans. All right. So let's gather around Evans because Jesus knows his need and I want you to ask largely in the name of Jesus I pray for brother Evans today Father you know exactly what he needs <laughs> and it's what it is it's something that he can't solve himself but you know the answer to it <laughs> and Lord you already see the end of it and you see how it's going to turn out and I pray for hope and strength and I pray for direction favor upon his life in the name of Jesus right now hallelujah thank you Lord for the boldness and how the, he's reached out to you and Lord I pray in the name of Jesus now that you'll reward that faith hallelujah hallelujah in the name of Jesus we trust you now we just put our total trust in because we know that when we trust you, you will bring it to pass. Hallelujah. And some things you'll bring to pass. But whatever it is, I pray for evens to come out of this thing victorious. 
bold as a lion in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need a touch too? What's your name? Larry. Larry. Father, we pray for Larry. Lord, right now I pray that he will receive from you something that only you can do, a divine, divine, divine outpouring and manifestation of your care in his life. Show you that you care. Show him that you care. You've been seeing him every inch of the, of the way, not just every mile, but every inch. And Lord, you know how this is going to end up because you have a perfect answer to it. So I pray, Lord, is it, it's Larry, right? Did I forget? So Lord, I pray for Larry to come to a place of total receiving of your of your healing, of your provision, of your favor, of your love. Manifest your love for him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And not just for him, but everybody who he's associated with. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know. And Lord, I know that you can work out all the details better than we could suggest to you. Or we can come up with ideas, but you know how to, you know all the background story. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll work it out according to your riches and glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I don't want to leave somebody out, so don't be shy. Wave at me. Just holler at me or something. We want to get to you. Right up here? Okay. Okay. What's her, what's her name? Nicole. All right, so Mama is standing in, in place of Nicole. So as we lay her, our hand, I want you to imagine yourself laying your hand on Nicole. See that? All right, so Father, right now we speak into that life, into that toe, into that uh, physical ailment in her body and all the compromised tissue and compromised uh, muscle structure and everything. In the name of Jesus, we speak wholeness and a recreation recreation total wholeness in the name of Jesus remove all the fear all the anxiety all the doubt and all of what has been told by the experts and father I pray in the name of Jesus you who made the whole body in the first place can fix that toe without a blink of an eye so we speak life into that into Nicole's toe in the name of Jesus right now hallelujah Jesus name now you can get on the phone with her today and you can pray over the phone with her say Nicole you're holding that phone in your hand and I'm holding the phone in my hand and it's if I'm laying my hands right on your head and you just begin to speak life speak life speak life because she's not in town right so you can speak it over the distance Jesus doesn't have a problem with distance you know that he told the centurion who came on behalf of his servant he healed the guy miles away because in, in eternity, there's no such thing as distance and time. So as we laid our hands on Nicole, I wouldn't be surprised if you call her this afternoon and she says, man, something happened right about five minutes to 11. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so you let us know because we want, we like good news. <laughs> okay. All right, what's his name again? All right, let's pray for Chris. Father, you know Chris. And you know, Lord, you love him better than any of us could love him. 
and you know you've had a plan for him since before he was born and throughout the years the enemy has tried to hold him back from that plan and has tried to get in between him and you and Lord in the name of Jesus we break down every obstacle that has that has been built and construction constructed either by him or others and we break that down right now in the name of Jesus to a place where he can come to you and you can get to him and nothing nothing Lord Jesus can separate him from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus hallelujah I pray that you'll answer the prayer of this wife for her husband and that this believing spouse will sanctify her spouse we pray, Lord Jesus, for a divine supernatural. And we look forward with anticipation to Chris standing here, hands raised, glorifying you and your power surging through him in Jesus' name. Thank you for Chris. We, we sanctify him right now and we seal him by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You don't mind we take time to do this, do you? We have to do this kind of stuff. Now, is anybody being left out and you're just a little bit too shy or it's taking too long? Okay. Come on, we got two more to go. Don't give up on me, people. Let's gather around Tandra. The devil is mean, you know. He even robbed Tandra of the potluck last week and John, and that was no good. For your son, okay. Boy, we've got a lot of we got a lot of children and wayward people, don't we? I'm going to tell you what. While we're praying for Tandra, if you've got a, a wayward child, I want you to come on up because we're going to pray for wayward people right now. Come on, just come on up here, Father. In the name of Jesus, as we lay hands on Tandra, you see the heart of this mother for her child, and Lord, you know what it's like to have to have a heart that hurts for their child because you saw your own son on the cross. And Lord Jesus, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will, that you will bring that boy, that man, to a place where you intended him to be from the very beginning. And we come against every obstacle that's tried to thwart that plan for his life. Lord, hear the cry of this mama for her boy. And I pray as you honored those in the scripture who came on behalf of those who they loved, you'll do the same thing today that you did 2,000 years ago and bring deliverance and wholeness to that boy in the name of Jesus. Whatever his need is, spiritually, physically, in every way. Hallelujah. Supernatural, beyond what we could ask or even think. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Who else is here for their family? Raise your hand up. We got some back here. So come on up, ladies. We're gonna, we've got like four in a row. Let's surround these ladies. Come on up. Let her come on up. Are you, is your hand up for your children back there? Come on up. Your husband, he counts. Come on up here. Join me. Join me up here. Now the rest of us, I need, I need some real warriors to surround these people. Let's form a hedge of thorns. I know you're tired, but you're going to get to sit while I preach. So... Salvation for, salvation for any kind of a family, any kind of a relationship. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against every obstacle 
of the enemy that has tried to keep these people from you for all these years. And in the name of Jesus, by faith, I break those chains and that bondage. In the name of Jesus, may your plan come to pass quickly in their lives. Hallelujah. We come against every obstacle, every enemy, every situation, every mindset. In the name of Jesus, we break that off and we declare and speak your freedom and liberty and life over those loved ones that are representative here today in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I know that you can do it. I know that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above even than anything that I could ask or even think. And so it's according to that that I pray. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that your Holy Spirit makes intercession because we don't even know how to ask for what we have, what we need. So, Lord, I release the prayer of the Holy Spirit over these situations right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I give you thanks and I give you praise. You got another one? All right, let's gather on this lady. What's your name? Kanisha? Jesus knows Kanisha. Jesus, you know, Jesus knew you, knows you, has known you all your life. We just got to meet you today, but he knows all about you, and he knows what you need, Kanisha. Hallelujah. I just feel like I need to anoint Kanisha with oil. So here we go. I don't. I don't think I know you, and I don't know anything that you need, but Jesus does. And he's going to meet your need today. You believe that? All right, so let's just lay hands on Kanisha. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you know this lady, and you knew her before. While she was still forming in her mother's womb, you had a plan for her, and that plan hasn't changed. Even though situations in life have tried to change it and alter it, it hasn't changed. So, Lord, I pray for a release of your plan A in Tanisha's life. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. May she sense and feel that from head to toe right now. I don't know what the situation is, but I know you know. So, Lord, I pray for your will to be released in her life right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is good. This is good. There's a wonderful presence of the Lord in this place today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Did I miss anybody? Oh, we could just pray all day, couldn't we? And it wouldn't hurt a thing. It's actually probably what we need most of all, isn't it? <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank I worship you, O Lord. I worship you, O Lord. I praise you. I adore you. You are God. Oh, I worship you, O Lord. I worship you, O Lord. I praise you. I adore you. You are God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, O Lord. I worship you, O Lord. 
I praise you, I adore you, you are God. Oh, I worship you, oh Lord, I worship you, oh Lord, I praise you, I adore you, you are God. I just got a, I've got an impression right now. That, and I don't even know who or what it relates to, but I just have this impression of something getting stronger the more it, it's here here's the illustration. It's kind of like steel. The more you heat it and the more you beat it, the stronger it gets. And I have an impression that some of you that are going through what you feel like you can't take right now, it's actually making you stronger with every battering that you're taking, you're getting stronger. Instead of, instead of your strength being depleted, it's going to increase with use. I don't know how to even emphasize what I'm saying, but you're, gonna get, you're getting stronger every time the devil punches you, you're getting stronger. So bring it on. Bring it on in Jesus' name. Because all it's doing is making me stronger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. And he's going to make you stronger through what you're going through than you are today. And with every punch that you take, it's just going to make you even stronger. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name hallelujah wow you sense his presence here today mm. if I let my feelings take hold of me I would just begin to weep because I feel a weeping inside of me but it's not a sad weeping it's a it's it's a worship. It's a reverence for his holiness that all my flesh can do is weep before him. I sure do love Jesus. Don't you? Praise the name of Jesus praise the name of Jesus he's my rock he's my fortress he's my deliverer in him will I trust Praise the name of Jesus. God is good. Amen. Wow. Well, praise the Lord. You can give the Lord you can give the Lord praise and worship. He is worthy of it, isn't he? He is worthy. He is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised.
Hallelujah. Well, As we receive today's offering, I'm believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, for raises and bonuses and benefits and salaries and commissions and for healings, <laughs> for favorable settlements, for estates and inheritances, for interest and income and rebates and returns and checks in the mail and gifts and surprises and finding money and Debts paid off and expenses decrease and blessings increase. I'm just believing God for all impossible things to become possible. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you have, will give me enough so that I can give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I release that to you and to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come and let's just sow into that promise today in Jesus' name. just pray we are in the middle of a presence of the Lord today he's been meeting and manifesting himself greatly father as we lift up this here a representation of our energy converted into a means of trade I pray Lord Jesus this life that's in these plates right now the life which you gave and that we enjoy I pray for multiplication provision in the name of Jesus Open up now the windows of heaven 
and supply each and every one of our needs that we're going through right now according to your riches. In Jesus' name. It doesn't matter what the economy is. We live according to a kingdom economy. And so, Lord, I just pray that the kingdom, your kingdom will come and your will will be done each in, in each and every bit of earth that's in this place in Jesus' name. And that you will provide and you'll outpour and you'll overflow. And that your children, no matter what season, no matter what world situation, your children will not be left begging for bread. In Jesus' name. This is your words, and Lord, we stand upon your words today. I pour out your blessing upon each one who is given today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. <coughs> Praise the Lord. All right. You ready? All right, Children's Church. <coughs> We're going to let them migrate to the next room. And we thank the Lord for our children's ministry. I wanted to just uh, introduce you to, we already sort of met Evans and Kanisha and Maria, but they're in the back row and we are thankful <coughs> that you guys are with us today. <coughs> are you visiting Florida or do you live here? Wonderful. Well, we are grateful to you, and we're thankful that you're here. And thank you, Evans, for being here and bringing... I, I'm assuming this is your... Your mom and your sisters. Praise God. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, thank you for considering us, and we would like to just welcome you as part of the family. From today on, you're... Not strangers, you're part of the bunch. Amen? Hallelujah. So you guys just welcome them, get a chance to see them before they leave. And, and we've got a lot of Haitians that come here. The, the, in fact, you're sitting in a seat where the N-Forts usually sit, but they're in Fort Lauderdale because their house is getting fixed up right now. But yes, we're thankful that you're here. So God bless you. Hallelujah! And the rest of us, we're all just, we're all visitors aren't we? <coughs> We're all aliens from another place, aren't we? We're just passing through. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I'm so thankful that you show up. Man, I tell you, it's so good to live on this side of Pentecost. It's so good. We've got such an advantage that down through the ages, the prophets and the sages have longed for and looked toward the day that we live in and here we are we get to be right in the middle of the holy spirit being poured out upon all flesh and, and you have decided to come and move on in and make our bodies your temple and we just welcome you just have your way lead and guide us into all truth and give us power endue us with power to be witnesses for you. Just, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, just have your way right now. In Jesus' name. Develop in us the mind of Christ. Develop in us the way that we ought to be thinking, the, the way that you intended us to think. 
Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. May we be transformed by the renewing of our minds today. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. We don't want to carry on and continue in the mindset of the world. We want to operate with a kingdom mentality today. Not just today, but every day. So now as we open up the word, Holy Spirit, just enlighten it to our minds the same way you did for those holy men of God who spake and wrote as they were moved upon by you. Now may those words take on new life in us after all these years. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of uh, Matthew. Matthew, what an amazing fellow. <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus went about and he just gathered up people to follow him just like you and me. You know that? Uh, laborers, fishermen, right? Crooked politicians like Matthew, you know, tax collectors. Um, I mean, he even had, he even picked a Judas to follow him, you know? Uh, so, we're actually not so bad, are we? <laughs> and aren't you glad you're following him? He's got big things for us. He, he had big things for them. You got big things for us too. Hallelujah. So, in the book of Matthew, and you know the people that followed Jesus came from different walks of life, and they all had their own areas of expertise. Matthew was an accountant. He was the collector of, uh, well, it says here in, in verse number uh, 9 of chapter 9 that uh, he sat in the seat of customs. So he was, he was collecting money. Well, <coughs> you know, back in those days, obviously, you know this is true. They didn't have computers. And they didn't have Internet. But yet this fellow had an amazing capacity to gather and acquire information and be really good in, in, in managing money and keeping track of things. He knew people, obviously. He knew everybody being a tax collector. <coughs> but he must have had an amazing mind for detail and to remember detail. So when he recounts scripture to us, it's coming from a person each one of the disciples in their area of expertise, they gave us the gospel according to their perspective. And so Matthew's a detail man. See? But chapter 9 starts out this way. <coughs> Jesus entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own country. Now, where did he come from? Well, you, the Sea of Galilee, you, ha you have to alert, change your perspective of geography just a little bit when you read the Bible because Israel is such a small place. So when Israel's talking about mountains and seas and all that kind of stuff, from a perspective of people that live in a large geographical area, what, we would what they would consider a sea, you and I would consider to be a lake. Because the Sea of Galilee, it's got some size to it, but it's nevertheless pretty small, comparatively speaking. But they called it the Sea of 
Galilee. And their mountains, why we have, we have hills that are bigger than their mountains. But that's what they called mountains, see. So Jesus is by the Sea of Galilee, but it's really a lake in our perspective. But it, it's, it's, a sh it's got some shallow areas so that when the wind begins to blow, and it's down in a kind of a bowl surrounded by mountains, so when the wind blows, it really gets the waves up high. And so it can turn into a pretty dangerous place, actually. But Jesus had just been on the opposite side of the lake or the sea. Now, on, on one side of the sea was the Jewish side, and on the other side of the sea was the Gentile side. And there were cities over there that were considerably more heathen than the Jews because the Jews <coughs> had a lot of baggage of their own, you understand. But on the other side of the Sea of Galilee was a place called the Decapolis, and it was a, a group of cities that were all kind of Roman and just infested with Gentiles and heathen religions and sort of things. And it's interesting because on the Gentile side of the sea, they worshipped swine, and on the Israel side of the sea, they raised, uh, their sacrifices were lambs, you see. But the, the swine were on the other side, so Jesus had gone over to the other side, and lo and behold, there was a fellow that met him out of the, out of the catacombs or the tombs on the Gentile side. And you c we won't read his story, but, but it's, it's in the chapter just before where um, Jesus casts out the, uh, the demoniac. It's in verse number 28 of chapter 8. And, um, and all the, the demons that Jesus cast out from this fella, they, the demons asked permission to go into the pigs. Well, see, there was a, a large economic system of raising pigs over there because the pigs were not just used for food, but were for sacrifice. Do you know that Bethlehem, now we're, I'm assuming that you know a lot about the geography. If you don't, just turn in the back of most of your Bibles. There's all kinds of maps back in there, okay? <coughs> but within just a walking distance of Jerusalem was another town called Bethlehem. And in Bethlehem, they raised a lot of lambs. And th they had a, the, the priests, the Jewish people, had a real uh, economic system going because you understand that they had to come to, is to Jerusalem once a year to offer sacrifices. But the way they had it set up is you're supposed to bring a spotless lamb to the temple. But when you're carrying your lamb from all different geographical regions, by the time you get it to the temple, it might have a broken leg or it might just be dirty from the traveling on the road. So the, the Jews had this great idea why don't we just tell the people, don't worry about trying to bring a spotless lamb. We'll raise the lambs, and then you can come and buy them. And then you can take it to the temple and sacrifice it. No problem. And then we'll take the meat, and we'll sell the meat. So they were making money on both ends, but it was a service. So while the Jews are raising the sheep in Bethlehem, the Gentiles on the other side of the lake are raising pigs for their sacrifices. And this is where the story sets up where the, there was a demoniac that lived in the caves. And when the demons, when Jesus showed up, the demons, they knew what was about to happen. So they said, 
don't send us to our, our destiny before our time. Send us into the pigs. So out of this one man, look at this. Look at, look at chapter number 8. What did I do? I flipped. Okay, so he, the, the, the pig said in verse number 32 of chapter 8, let's go into the pigs. And you know, Jesus, here's a, here's a real valuable lesson. When, when it comes to you having a conversation with the devil, keep it short. Jesus never sits and discusses things with the devil. Don't argue with the devil. He'll, he'll try to get you into an argument. But you know, Jesus answer, responds to the devil with one word. You see that in verse number 32? They ask if they could go in the swine. You know what Jesus said? Go. That's all he said to them. If your conversation with the devil goes beyond more than a word, then you're talking too long to him. Don't waste your time on that, old guy. The more you talk to him, the more he's not called a deceiver for nothing. See? So Jesus told him to go. And those pigs, look at there, they, ran, they went into the swine. And the herd of swine, it took, it took a... A couple thousand pigs to hold all the devils that this guy had in him. That's a lot of devils. And the devil, the pigs couldn't even, these unclean pigs couldn't even stand the devil being in them. Now, I don't know if you've been around pigs. How many have ever been around pigs in your life? They're not exactly your clean kind of a animal, are they? But even the pigs couldn't stand the filth that got into them. <laughs> and they ran into the sea and were all killed. Well, it was just from this experience. There were a couple others in chapter 8. From this experience, <coughs> Jesus then got in the boat <coughs> and he went back over to the Jewish side of the lake, of the sea. And, when it, and that's where chapter 9 starts out, where I want to talk to you today. So he got into a boat and he passed over and he came to his own city on the Jewish side of the sea. Now, Word spreads, do you know that? Word spreads like wildfire. And somehow or another, what had gone on in chapter number 8 preceded Jesus all the way to the other side of the lake. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how it works this way, but word spreads like wildfire. They didn't even have radio and TV, but the word about what happened on this side of the lake got to the other side before Jesus even did. So much so <coughs> that when he got there, it says in verse number 2, the people on the Jesus side of the lake brought to him a man sick with the palsy while he was lying in his bed. So they carried the bed and the man to Jesus. Why? Well, because... What Jesus had done preceded him. And they wanted for their fellow who was sick of the palsy. Now, you've got to understand, people didn't have all the medical knowledge that you and I have today. Well, we have a lot, but we still don't know everything, you know. What was the sickness? I remember when I was a little boy, people would have something called hardening of the arteries. And I remember this and that was dying from hardening of the I don't know what it is today, but it's not used it's not called that way anymore, is it? Is that what it is? See how we make the word a lot bigger? Nobody still knows what to do about it, but it's so whatever it was that this guy had, 
it was a it was a pretty bad sickness back in those days. <coughs> so they brought this man to Jesus. They saw what Jesus had done, and watch what's going on here. They brought him while he was in the bed, and Jesus saw the faith of the people that brought this man to him. He saw their faith. Jesus is able to see things that you and I can't even see with our natural eyes. Jesus saw in the spiritual dimension. But you know what? Jesus didn't do that so that he could go, na 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 I'm better than you are. Whatever Jesus did was not to rub your nose in it, but was to demonstrate to you and I where he wants us to come to. He didn't just say, my ways are higher than your ways, and my higher thoughts are higher than your thoughts, so that we would feel defeated and, well, oh, well, you know, well you're, that's because you're God and I'm just me. No, he didn't do that to, to show off. He did that to invite you. My thoughts are a whole lot higher. Why don't you come on up to my way of thinking? My ways are higher than your ways. Why, what are you dealing down there? Come on up to my way of, of doing things. That's what, his, that's what he's saying when he says that. Everything Jesus does is an invitation for you to come up where he is. Do you know you were made a little lower than Elohim? That's what Psalm says. You weren't made a little lower than the angels. You were made a little lower than Elohim. Look up the word. Look up the word. You, got, you can Google it. I mean, even Google's not Christian, but it can tell you that. You were created hierarchically, if that's the way you say the word, higher than Satan was. He's just, an, he's just a cherub, uh, he's just an archangel. <clears throat> Do you understand that? There are, there's a chain of command in the heavenlies. And Satan has to abide by a chain of command. He wants to make you think that he is equal with God, but he's not. He's not even equal with you. You were created positionally higher than him. So why in the world do you allow him to try to have authority over you? You don't, you don't have to take anything from him. You don't have to be afraid of him or nothing. And when he threatens you, you tell him to go. You tell him to get out. See? You were created a little lower than the angels or a little lower than Elohim. God created you in his image. He didn't create the devil in his image. He didn't create any angel in his image. He created you and me. So they had this great amount of faith. And you see, God sees that. He can see into the supernatural. And he invites you to begin to see into the supernatural. Now watch what happens. Jesus saw the faith of the people that brought him. And he said to the sick man, Watch what he says in verse number two. Son, be of good cheer. Cheer up. See, this is the first thing. A lot of us, we have been whipped all week long, haven't we? And you know what you have to do sometimes? The first thing to gaining victory is to cheer up. Cheer up. My dad used to sing this song. Cheer up, you saints of God. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing to make you feel afraid. Nothing to make you doubt. You know the Lord is on your side, so why don't praise him and shout? You'll be oh so glad you did it in the morning. Something like that. 
These things come. You know, old people are able to pick things up from the past. They just come to our minds. It's amazing how that works. <coughs> We're not too good at catching up on what's going on now, but we can remember stuff. And the stuff that bugs, that stuff that used to bug me about old people when I was young, now I'm doing it. <laughs> so it's my turn to bug the younger generation. But Jesus told a fellow who is in a desperate condition to cheer up. Brothers and sisters, the first step to seeing victory and deliverance and turnaround in your life is to change your disposition. Cheer up! Don't be so gloomy all the time. Why so downcast, oh my soul? David had the secret to that, remember? Why so downcast, oh my soul? Rejoice in the Lord. He talked to himself. It, you have permission to talk to yourself. Do you know that? And it's not crazy to talk to yourself. Sometimes you just got to pick yourself up by the collar and by the belt and say, cheer up. See that? And so he told, him, he told the fellow to cheer up. And then here's what he told him. He said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. See, because Jesus knew what the man's real problem was. The man's problem was not just his palsy, but he needed freedom from the sin that he was carrying. Do you know a lot of the physical sicknesses that we carry around are results of the sins that we've committed and been involved in, and they manifest themselves in the physical dimension? First thing, get some hope in your life. And the next thing that Jesus did was said, your sins be forgiven you. He put, he, he, he gave the guy what the guy needed even though the guy didn't know what he needed. <clears throat> he knew that the guy's sickness was secondary to what he really needed and he needed forgiveness of sin. And the man's sins were forgiven. Now, watch, here's what, here's what common sense in the form of the scribes, said. They said to themselves. They said inside themselves. They were talking inside themselves. Do you understand that Jesus knows what you're saying even though your lips aren't saying it? Inside themselves, they said this. This man, he is nutty. He's blasphemy. He is committing blasphemy. Who in the world gives him the right to to uh, save sins. I'm paraphrasing it. You can see it on the wall. It's not really what it says. And they said, behold, certain scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth. Why would they say that? Because, you see, these people had put themselves in a position or they had been positioned in a place where they were responsible for religiously bringing people from a place of their sin to freedom. So they had this form of godliness. They had this infrastructure of worship where you bring these lambs, you sacrifice these lambs, and God forgives you of their sins. So they felt empowered because they had this structure around themselves that they were able to participate in and have, con they, and have authority over. They were the religious people that knew how to give people, you know, uh, blah, 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 all the religious stuff, see? And so religion likes to, re religions, religious people and politicians are a lot alike. You know that? They like to be in power over other people. They like to have authority. They like to run your life. 
And, and Jesus is not like that. You see, that's why Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, beware of the leaven of Herod, because religion and politics always want to control you. And Jesus said, I have come that you might be free. Hallelujah. Praise God. You don't need all these shackles that are put on you by men or the devil. So Jesus, watch it. He, Jesus, verse number four, he knew their thoughts. Jesus knows what you're thinking about right now. Do you know that? He knows what's going on inside your head right now. And, and not just right now, but all the time. He knew their thoughts. And watch what he says. He said, he, he put words to the thoughts of the people. He said in verse number four, why or wherefore think ye evil? See, now, remember I told you with the palsied man, Jesus knew what the real problem was. Jesus always knows. That's why when we were praying this morning, I don't like to try to tell the Lord what to do because he knows what the real problem is. And all he wants us to do is pray, and he goes Boom, right at the bullseye every single time. So he knew the issue with these guys, and he knew that their thoughts were evil. They were up to no good. Now, they might have had this religious persona of, well, we're just trying to help people. But no, they were really hypocrites. They accused... Here's, here's something to think about. The devil always will accuse you of what he's doing. You understand that? And, and you can see that in the, in how, when the, the devil is influencing people in the world, they will always accuse you of what they're guilty, guilty of themselves. You see that in the political world every day. Politicians are always accusing their foes of what they themselves are doing. And you know where they're getting that from? Their father. Because that's how the devil always intimidates you. He injects a thought into your mind and then he blames you for thinking about it. This is what, this is what he does. That's why I say over and over again, not everything that you think is what you think. You need to understand the source of your thoughts. Not, because you're, I, I doubt whether anybody in this room has an original thought. Everything that you think has gotten there by one way or the other. Since the day you were born, you haven't thought of an original thought. You were influenced by somebody to think the way, and then you finally made a decision to partner with one way of thinking or another. That's your contribution. You made a decision to partner with a certain kind of a thought structure, but nevertheless, you don't have original thoughts. So when you have a problem come to your mind, investigate the source of the thought. Did I really come up with that? I'm a new creation. I have the mind of Christ. I don't think like that. So that couldn't have come from me. You say, well, Brother Dan, you're just living in denial. Absolutely. You need to deny some of the stuff that you're partnering with. And if the devil injected that thought into your mind, you don't need to carry around the condemnation of it. You tell him that one word that he told the devil in the demoniac. Go! And now there's, there could be two possibilities, maybe more, but in my little pea of a brain, that's all I can come up with. There could be another place of thoughts, and maybe you did kind of come up with something because you had too much pizza the night before. Or 
The third place could be that God injected that thought. Now that's something that you want to partner with. You understand that? Because he talks to us. He talks to you. And let me tell you something. Here's how you understand the voice of God. The voice of God, when God speaks to you, he will speak in a way that you'll understand who he is. And you know, when he speaks to me, do you know who he sounds like? Sounds like me. And when he speaks to you, it'll sound like you. That's why you need to understand, Lord, is, but he will speak to you. And he'll use your voice to speak to you. So he knew these guys, and here's what he said. Why do you always have to think evil in your hearts? This, this is just, we haven't even gotten to verse number five, but look at the power in this. Jesus says to him, what's easier? Is it easier for me to say, this man's sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? And this is a powerful key that you guys need to grab onto today. Because it shouldn't be any more difficult for you to receive your healing than it was for you to receive your salvation. What's easier? What's easier for God to do? Heal you or save you? Probably the hardest thing was saving you. Because we all were such hammerheads. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. And what's fascinating, to, what's fascinating to me additionally about this is this, that all of this stuff is happening before Jesus actually went to Calvary. He was healing people and forgiving their sins before he bore the stripes and before he took the nails in his hands. He was already doing this before it happened. Now, how can you do something before it happens unless you're doing it in faith? See that? You remember we talked last week about Enoch? Enoch, it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, I think, verse 3, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Here, here's Enoch living closer to Adam's time than to our time by far. He was just a couple generations removed from Adam. But Enoch, it says in the book of Jude, saw Jesus returning with thousands, tens of thousands of his saints. <coughs> Enoch <coughs> was able to see even into our future, something that hasn't even happened yet. He saw the return of Christ, and he didn't even know who Jesus was. Jesus hadn't been born yet, but Enoch was able to see Jesus' return already. Do you understand? And that little verse that we talk about so many times, the the evolution of that verse that says without faith it's impossible to please him is referring to Enoch. That's Look it up. It's in Hebrews 11.3, isn't it? You got it? It says, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God, for without faith it's impossible to please him. That's the context of that verse. Do you think that maybe the context of that verse has something to do with the fact that maybe you and I ought to be. You see, here's the thing about faith. Enoch's faith believed in something that hadn't even happened yet. Right? His faith was way off in the future. Now, you and I, positionally, of where we live in time, all we're asked to do is to believe in something that already happened. 
Enoch had to believe in something that didn't even happen. You and I get to believe in something that did. Who's got, who, who really had to have more faith? <laughs> you know? So, so without faith, it's impossible to please him. Do you understand that God is inviting you to live a life of faith? <laughs> Not even faith in something that hasn't happened yet, but something that already has happened. Because did Jesus die on the cross? Did he bear the stripes for your healing? Did he shed his blood to, for, for the cleansing of your sins? The answer is yes. He did. So all you're having to do is believe in what he did. Those, and Jesus, Jesus himself was healing people and saving them before he even paid the price for it because he was a man of faith. That's why God said to him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased because he knew Jesus was a man of faith. I got to hurry. I don't know what happens to time. They say when you get older, time speeds up. I believe it. And the ground gets further away. So he says to them, what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? And brothers and sisters, that's how you and I ought to live. We ought to be able to, we ought to, be able to believe that Jesus can heal us and restore us as easy as we can believe that he can save us. Now, <laughs> don't let the devil inject some stupid thought in your mind that you're not saved. Well, if I'm not healed, then I wonder if I'm saved. Get rid of that thought right now. Because you are. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall see him as he is. Read the scriptures. Believe this word before you believe anything else. So, he says, What's easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven, or rise, take up thy bed, and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of God hath power on earth to forgive sins. And while he's talking, now this is kind of like watching a video, see? Um, you're watching the video, but there's things going on behind the scenes that are just kind of subtitles in the background. You're an actor, okay? So Jesus, while he's talking to these scribes and Pharisees, he says, what's, or the scribes, what's easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven. Arise, take up your bed, and walk. And when he, as he's speaking, he turns to the man of the palsy, and he says, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. See that? That's what it says in, do you have your Bibles? It says in parentheses. It's kind of like the script in verse number 6. And he saith to the sick of the palsy. He's talking to the scribes, but then he turns and, and he says to the sick of the palsy, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And you know what happened? Jesus, have you ever noticed Jesus really didn't pray for people? Do you, you ever hear about Jesus praying for anybody? Oh God, omnipotent, almighty God. Do you ever hear? Even when Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus made a prayer, but it was just a prayer for those religious people around to have something to hear. Because so, here's what Jesus' prayer was for Lazarus. Father, I thank you that you hear me, and I thank you that you only hear me. I'm only doing this for their benefit because they need some kind of religious thing to hold on to. But we've already worked this out. And, and, and he didn't even say in Jesus' name, amen. He just, he just turned to the tomb and he told Lazarus to come out. You see, a lot of us do what we don't need to be doing. Instead of praying about your troubles, speak to your troubles. 
You got a storm in your life? Tell it what you want it to do. You got a mountain in your way? Tell it to get out of your way. Quit doing, quit asking God to do what he already gave you the power and authority to do. Hallelujah. Oh, we could talk about this for a long time. And then he rose and he departed from the house and so on. And then in the very next, verse number 8, we won't get to it today, but we've referred to it. Matthew talks about his own calling. Because while he was sitting in the seat of the customs, Jesus came and said to him in verse number 9, Jesus said two words to him, follow me. That's all he said. <clears throat> and you know what Matthew did? He walked away from it all. Are you willing to walk away from it all where some stranger comes up and gives you two words, says, follow me? Now, Jesus isn't a stranger, but when he says, follow me, he's not just saying, follow me. He's saying, follow me. Do it like I do it. And he's inviting you to do things the way he does them. Follow me. And Matthew did. And Matthew has a great rendition of the gospel that he writes here. And then he goes on to say that right after he was following him, you see, because Matthew was not a, he was not a believer. He was, he was a person who you would consider to be one of these evil polit political scavengers that were tax collectors. So he's hanging out with people who the Jews don't like. You see that? It, it, they're called publicans and sinners in the Bible. And so while Jesus is hanging out with Matthew and Matthew's cronies, the publicans and the sinners, it's making the religious people mad. Because really, they probably wouldn't have mind have been there themselves, you know. So the, when the Pharisees saw it in verse number 11, they said, why is Jesus, he said to the disciples, why, do you, why does your master hang out with these publicans and sinners? And Jesus, Jesus, knowing their thoughts again, he's... Jesus is doing whatever it is with the publicans and sinners and he hears the religious people out there talking to the disciples and he already heard two conversations at once and he addressed the conversation that he wasn't even involved in and he said, they that are whole don't need a physician. It's those that are sick that need a physician. I, I don't go to people who don't need help. I go to people who do need help. Hallelujah. People don't need doctors when they're not sick. They only need doctors when they're sick. Amen? But go you and learn what it means when it says, I have mercy and not sacrifice. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. I, will not come to I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's what I came for. I didn't come, I didn't come to save good people. I came to save bad people. Do you know there's one qualification for being saved. There's only one qualification to be saved. You know what it is? You gotta be bad. How many qualify? <laughs> you bet we do. But Jesus came for you and for me because he knew we need we need a physician. And he's the great physician. Interesting choice of words, would you say? He said, he used the word physician. What are physicians known for, noted for? Making people better. Do you understand that he doesn't want you to just be saved, but he wants you to be well. He wants you to prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Prosper and be in good health. 
best health care system, Jesus. Amen? And, he, and you know what? He wants that for you, everybody in this room today. He wants wellness. He wants wholeness. Now, the world is going to have all kinds of options for you, and they're going to have all kinds of... Everything that the world is going to tell you is going to go contrary to this book. Now, you, you're going to make the choice of who you're going to believe. Are you going to believe this book, or are you going to believe all the experts? <laughs> you know, there's a funny saying that seems to be going on today, follow the science. Or something like that. Brothers and sisters, I suggest you forget a science and you follow the word. Because that's the truth. And it may be that the science has all kinds of con contrary things to say. But the word of God is true. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus later on, he took these things and he said... Because of what I did for you, I want you to always be in remembrance of what I did for you. My, remember, he healed these people and saved them before he shed a drop of blood. He saved people. Why? Because he did it by faith. <clears throat> As in fact, in the book of Revelation, I think it's chapter, I think I wrote it down my notes. In the book of Revelation, it says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. So when did Jesus die on the cross? 2,000 years ago? Yeah. But actually, he was slain from the foundation of the earth. So when he healed people and saved them, even though he hadn't done it in the flesh, physically, in that dimensionality, he had already done it before. And he invites you to remember this about yourself, that he has saved you and he has healed you. You can sit here today, if you can sit here today saved, you can sit here today healed too. Why does everybody die then? Well, because as in Adam all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Then, if you believe it, then start living it. Oh, I know, I know. It's going to be, there's going to be times of doubt and discouragement and things are going to come along. Hang on a second. And I didn't let that one go in the mic. Hallelujah. So I want to ask you to come on up and get yourself a communion thing and gra grab something for the people next to you if they don't want to all come and it'll even save on the traffic flow. But go, let's come on and let's partake of this together because in doing this, in, in partaking of this, we're going to do, we're going to bring to our remembrance of what Jesus has already done for us. What's easier for Jesus to say, your sins are forgiven? Or rise, take up your bed, and walk. Jesus' healing for you ought to be just as easy as you believing in the salvation that he's provided for you. Amen? Lord, I'm so grateful to you for what you've done. And I do this now in remembrance of you. And we don't want anybody left out. 
Now, let's suppose you're here today and your spouse isn't with you. Then why don't you come and take an extra two and go home and have communion with them? Would you like to do that? Because you know what? You have a spouse that's home for what well, doesn't matter why, but take one home and, and have communion with them this afternoon. And, and the, Lord, the Lord's healing that's, that's here today and the Lord's presence that's here today can go to your house with you. Hallelujah. You might want to take two because you might want to do it again with whoever is at home with you, Brother Paul or Steve or um, Larry. It's Larry, right? You want to take another one for whoever you're going to have communion with? Oh, good. Well, you got one for, for now, right? But when you do it again, you're going to have need two of them, aren't you? Yeah. Amen? You can come and get another one if you want to. I don't mind waiting. It's already noon. The Baptists are way ahead of us. So doesn't, at this point, it doesn't really matter. So Jesus took the bread, which... Even this little piece of bread has some indication of those little holes in it. They're supposed to resemble the, represent the nail prints. You see the little holes in there? So we remember what he did for us. Amen? And, and he took a beating. Now, the matzah bread usually has stripes on it too. It's for our healing that he took this. I remember one time specifically I was in the hospital and there was a fellow there who he needed to have a heart transplant. He was dying. He was a fellow that was is my age. Well, back then I was younger and so was he. But he was, he was dying because he needed a heart transplant and there were no heart, hearts available for him. So I went and we had communion and I said, I won't tell you his name, but I said the word of God says that when we partake of this, we're partaking of something that's represent, representative of what Jesus did for us and he paid for our healing. So as we partake of this, I want you to receive the Lord's healing for your heart right now. So we prayed like we're going to do now. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we partake of this bread, the healing for which you took the stripes will be released into each one of our bodies right now in Jesus' name. Let's partake of it together. Would you do that? And as I prayed that prayer, his mother was standing there and she says, but pastor, aren't you supposed to anoint him with oil or something? Well, I forgot my oil. You see, so I'm going to tell you what I did. It was kind of silly, but it was hot that day.